Welcome back, everybody. It's Monday, episode 74 of the Below Average Joe's MMA podcast. As always, your host, Noah and Dom. Yes. Dominic Salee, we start another week. How are you doing, my friend? Dynamic Nuo is back, Noah, <laughs> to start our great listeners' weeks today. Uh, had a great weekend. Fights were um, interesting. I'll put interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um. Overall, you know, good weekend, chill out, relaxing, oh, you know, all the fun stuff. What I'm never, you? I'm never gonna complain about. We're never gonna watch complain too. Exactly. You know, that's that's what, at the end of the day, maybe we're, maybe that makes us too easy on some of these yeah. fights, but, you know, the fight card as a whole, pretty unspectacular. Yeah. But some moments throughout, and we'll get into those. And overall, I'm just it it gives me something to do on a Saturday night besides drinking beer or whatever. Now you can drink beer and yeah. Watch so fight. I'm never going to complain about getting to watch fight card, you know. Exactly. But I think before we get into that, obviously this is a recap episode of hashtag UFC Vegas 20 that happened Saturday night, headlined by a weird fight. But big takeaway being yeah. surreal, gone proving that he he's is exactly what we thought yeah. he was. Yeah. And really, I mean, on the reverse end, Rosenstreich just showing a lot of those holes that we've kind of feared might be in his game, being a guy that kind of got pushed so quickly. And we'll get into all that. But First, before, yeah, yeah. it's time for... A couple things. The news. The news. We start with one that's probably a low-key banger here. Yeah, this is good. Jeremy Stevens, mm-hmm. the vet. When's he been in a boring fight? <laughs> Never. Okay. That's the answer. <laughs> He's got his next matchup against a guy that's going to fall a little under the radar compared to some of Jeremy's last opponents, but Drocker Close happening April 17th. 17th. The Whitaker-Costa card. Yes, yes. So what are your thoughts on this one? Because I think this is a low-key banger. This is exactly that. It is a banger. Uh, Fight of the night potential written all over this. Drocker Close, a young up-and-coming guy with a lot of hype around him, was supposed to fight... This past weekend against Luis Pena, that got pulled out, unfortunately. But now he gets paired with Jeremy Stevens, a perennial top 15 guy in featherweight. Yeah, You're yeah. kind of making out better in this case. Uh, yeah. But I'm, this is a big jump. It is. Big jump. It's a big jump for him. And in some ways, it's kind of the reverse for Stevens. It's the, these are the fights we're going to continue to see him yeah. fighting now. It, yeah. I mean, Jeremy Stevens, he's lost his last four fights. He lost to Aldo, Zabit, Yair, Calvin Cater. That's tough. That is a killer's row. <laughs> that is tough. And, you know, that makes sense for him to go down here and fight someone like Close, who, while being a very good fighter in his own right, still has... Newer, fresh still, face. You know, the toughest guy on Close's record, you know, his last fight, he did have an amazing fight with Benio Dariush. Yeah. One he was winning yeah. early, uh, gets finished in the second round, an awesome fight. If it wasn't for the fact that it was followed by Whaley Zhang and Joanna Young Jacek, I think right. more people would be talking about that fight. He also has a win over Bobby Green. So he's fought some guys. I mean, even Mark Chikasi, David Tamer, Lando Venato. Those are definitely good names. Yeah. And, uh, and I think Jeremy Stevens at this point in his career kind of fits right into that mold. So I think it makes for a very good fight on paper. Well, and a quick note here, this fight is going to be at lightweight. Yeah. So Jeremy's coming back up to his old weight class. Yeah, I guess Because he's been at featherweight for yeah, years now. I didn't even now. think about that. So yeah, this is going to be at 155. But as Noah just mentioned, four fight, losing streak at featherweight. Maybe the weight cuts are getting harder as he's getting older, so he's bumping back up. This That, is, that makes it more interesting. Well, he did miss weight for his last fight, I believe, with um, 
that fight with, with Cater? Calvin Cater, I believe oh. he missed weight for that one. So that'll be interesting because he's not been at lightweight in years. So fun fight there, it really is. I would assume main card. We'll see how the rest of that uh, fight night plays out. But that'll be a low-key, as Noah said, banger for fight of the night especially. Yeah, agreed. The week after. This is... This, the, both of the women's <laughs> fights we wanted got announced. Yeah, and that, and that feels good, right? And so it, we, we get our... What's okay? This isn't confirmed yet. Right, this is it's in the still works. in the works, but yeah. it's you know Ariel Hawani's tweeting about this. Yeah. It definitely looks like this is the fight. It's gonna that's gonna take place, and the time it's gonna take the place. The same night as Valentina Andrade, Noah Tellum. UFC two sixty one on April twenty fourth. Weili Zhang going for that second defense of her women's strawweight title against Rose Nama Yunus. That's the one. Yeah. That's the fight. <laughs> it really that is. That is the I fight. Mean, on paper, I think this is the more intriguing fight to me of the two women's title fights. Oh yeah, there this is you, this is going to be this could be another freaking Joanna Whaley type fight <clears throat> here. It really is. Like Rose is a dog that's just going to come out her striking is next level with a very underrated grappling game that people yeah. don't notice and Whaley, one of the best women's Strikers that there is, dynamite. but also just so well-rounded. Dynamite in them hands. Dynamite, man. man. This could be an absolute just savage fight. Two women's fights, boom, boom, for the title. Both fights with so many questions. Yeah, really. I mean, we haven't seen Whaley in a year at this point. Her, so she sad. had the fight of the year with Joanna Young-Jancic. Much deserved time off. Last February. Yeah. And because of that, we haven't seen her in a year. That's why, because those women brutalized each other. Yeah. However, I think there's still a lot of questions about Whaley as a title holder. I, you know, Rose was able to knock out Joanna in the first fight. Then best her in a five and round then war. Bested her completely in five rounds. While a lot of people thought Joanna might have beat Whaley in their title fight. So I don't necessarily side with those people, but I'm saying you. that yeah. it was very close. close and as amazing as it was, it makes you wonder okay, now that you have this matchup. Where what kind of Whaley are we gonna see? You know, sometimes those wars take a take years off of someone's career. You know, I'm curious if Rose will even try to get this to the ground on purpose. Like, I don't know. Slept on ground game, but such a good striker, man. She works with Trevor Whitman and those guys out there in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Oh, watching her strike and her footwork is so beautiful. This is. Mm. We've been waiting on this fight, yeah. man. I mean, this fight just has all the makings of just, another classic. It's going to be a tough one to preview and really give a prediction for because, really, there's a lot kind of unknown about both these women at this mm-hmm. point. We haven't seen Rose since uh, July two fifty one, yeah, uh, where she bested Jessica Andrade. Looked great, tough great third fight. round, but... tough third round, but it was a great fight. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, there's just going to be a lot answered on that night, you yeah. Know? And I, and I think the the kit the kicker being that. The women's flyweight title fight that just got announced between Valentina and Andrade. I feel like I have a better idea of what we're going to see from both of those ladies in that fight. Here, this fight can go so many different ways. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just adds to the intrigue. That's going to be a great night. Both those fights, boom, boom. (laughs) The ladies are about to show out in April. I have a good feeling this is going to be the one that headlines. Oh, yeah. I would imagine Wei Li would headline. This Well, originally they wanted to take this to Asia for Wei Li. Uh, I did see Ariel tweeted it's looking more so like it's going to happen in Vegas, but mm-hmm. still, like that shows they were trying to travel across the world while pandemic still going on to do an Asian crowd for Whaley. She's a superstar. She is a superstar, and actually, there's gonna I have a, a, a nice little point about that, but that's going to carry into our next fight. Okay, okay. 
So, May 22nd. Yeah, we got a central number one contender fight. <laughs> Literally, the winner of this is probably next. Yeah, they're next. So, you got number three ranked Joan and Jan taking on number four ranked Carla Esparza. You know, oh, people, I see where you're about to go now. People were a little, uh, they were a little, there was a little bit of pause with an interview Dana did at the beginning of 2021. <laughs> we were like, whoa, 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 whoa. He was announcing all these fights he was trying to make for each division, the title fights, like who was next kind of thing. And all of them were like, the right one, you know, it yeah. was all like made sense. And then he goes, Yeah, we're looking at Carla said, to what? take on Wei Lee next. And we're just like, huh? And then he just kept going. We we're like, No, no, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. Can we, whoa, whoa. yeah, he Don't just, like he he just like passed over it like it was nothing. Um, and it seems like the UFC listened here because this is a great fight. Carla's being placed with Joan and Jan. And not that Carla is not a worthy title challenger, but I think it's because Rose is so deserving of it. Oh, yeah, 100%. As far as it's having a bit of a resurgence. But, yeah, if Car- who would have ever thought after the way she lost the belt way yeah. back in the day to Joanna that we would ever see her back here again? Now she's won four straight. And if she can beat Joan and Jan, she probably will be next. However, Joan and Jan on a six-fight win streak. Very interesting point that I want to make Oh, here. I know where you're going. If Joan and Jan wins. Oh, my. The potential And Wei Lee wins. And Wei Lee wins. Imagine Wei Lee oh, versus Jan to headline China. UFC China. First time, or I guess pay per view wise, anyway. I'm just saying, Woo! I think that, that 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 there's a lot of potential there for that kind of Oh, fight. yeah. Oh, yeah. So that was what I look at us. Hey, Dana. Just saying. We're open. Yeah. We're um, open to but I, I'm curious here because Jonan Jan's really went under the radar here. She Quick, has. Up to number third. third. Yeah. It's kind of like Rob Font, but yeah. I'm curious what are your thoughts I mean, look, of this fight? Just off the rip, she's on a six fight win streak, but three wins in a row. Most recent, Angela Hill, Karolina Kovalkiewicz, Claudia Gadella. Two of the three former title challengers. Angela Hill, as game as they come in the division. Right. Are you kidding me? She's legit. Great striker. All via unanimous decision. And like I said, Carla's on a four-fight tear right now. She's had a lot closer fights, a lot closer decisions. But still, Alexa Grasso, Michelle Watterson, Marina Rodriguez. They're fighting... Anyone they can to earn. Like, this Car- is the perfect number one contender fight. Carla might be the best grappler in the entire division. She's a great women's grappler. And whenever sure. she's able to get the fight into that. She's going to take you Into down. her world. Yeah. She completely dominates the fight. However, when the fight's left standing, she does have a lot of holes in that. And in you that can aspect. guarantee Joan and Jan's trying to keep her on the Yeah, field. so I think it's going to be. And her. Up. It will be a very fun fight, I think, on paper. Just seeing kind of how these women respond to that. And again, they're doing these fights within a month of each other. Mm-hmm. They're they're timing them perfectly. It's yep. it's great. <laughs> I, I have a good feeling the winners of these two will be facing off for uh, maybe default time. Million percent. Oh man. Yeah. The women are gonna bring it. Yep. One <gasps> last little story here. This is for the rest. The rest. The rest. Um, potential fight announcement though. Yeah. There was a little interview with uh, Mr. Jorge Masvidal. Game bread. A guy who we just who just we don't see. He always seems to be. His name always seems to be tossed around, but we haven't heard a lot about, from him, you know, recently. However, in this interview, he said that his title fight that's been rumored with Kamaru Usman is happening in September. Yeah, just real casual. I was like, yeah, September. I was like, oh. So you know what okay. that means, right? Yeah, tell him. That means that the they're look, UFC's looking to put these two as the ultimate fighters. As we've coaches. discussed, right, right. But now now they've said ultimate fighters are supposed to happen in the summer, so you look at a <laughs> September timeline, oh, it makes sense. The yeah. show happens all summer, they're training, boom, September comes, title fight. Yeah, and, you know, we, we've had mixed thoughts about this fight. You know, 
for Masvidal. He hasn't fought since he lost to Usman. And yeah, convincing dominant, fashion. Dominant Six days notice or not. Regardless, it was a dominant yeah. win for Usman. So I guess, you know, it's it's not necessarily the fight that should be made. But I understand why. And it's not even all dollar sign related. Like, yes, I, I get that money's going to do big numbers. There are a few intriguing pieces to like, oh, well, what if they both get a full training? Yeah, and I mean, in a way, like, I don't know. It's I don't want to come off like I'm defending this fight because I do think someone like Colby probably deserves it more. Yeah. There's other guys. Leon, if he wins. Yeah, or even Steven Wonder Thompson. Boy. Even. Yeah, like, yeah, I mean, because at the end of the day, Masvidal's coming up a loss. But yeah. It, in my opinion, if he won one more. Yeah, that's all he totally, needs. Because he did take the fight. He saved the card in yeah. some way. I know it was a three-title fight card. and But still. The fact that if he, you know, he did take the fight, so it's like the UFC's kind of rewarding him yeah. for that by giving him this big On a full camp now. Tough, yeah. full camp. I'm, I'm excited. It's for intriguing, it. right? Right. I've I've said that this fight excites me a little bit more as tough coaches than um, Colby and yeah Usman, Jorge or Colby and Jorge, excuse me. So like it, you know, not a lot of people probably agree with me on that. But when you have a title fight brought into the mix for the it Ultimate just makes Fighter, it that much more. It's gonna raise the stakes. And yeah. if they're doing this on ESPN or ESPN Plus, whatever they want them to do, I'm all for it. Right. So. Again, that's not an, even an announcement. It was just an interview he said randomly. So yeah. we'll see so what happens. It was like a TMZ style. Thing. Yeah, it, it was, was just. It was with a boxing outlet, funny enough, too. So we'll see yeah. how that goes. But until then, that's the end of the news. The news. Let's break down some fights. <laughs> Let's do it. So I'm just going to go through the results of Saturday night's main card. Unfortunately. You're not going to hear a finish. <laughs> well, hold on. So our, our scheduled bout between Angela Hill and Ashley Yoder <sighs> ended up being scrapped at the last second. Oh, they're looking to book it. Uh, March 13th, card. Cool. Okay. Leon. That's good. Uh, yep. So, uh, so many shakeups. This this fight was originally on the main card. Then it got moved to the prelims. Then it looked like it was back on the main card. And then they just came. And then it just got scrapped due to yeah. COVID-related reasons. Then, like, three other fights fell. We only got nine fights total last yeah. night. So. Not a ton of fights. And, you know, there's going to be... A lot of minor takeaways, and but maybe, nope. a, but you know, yeah, that's a good way to put it. It, it. it it was a night of like there were like important fights that happened, but you know, it's eh. just it, we'll we'll see what happens when we get right, into it. But right. the actual results as we go through here, we started at featherweight. Alex Caceres getting a big unanimous decision win over Kevin Kroom, 30-26, 30-26, 30-27. Then bantamweight. Oh yeah. A banger here. Five Pedro one. Munoz ends up getting a unanimous decision win over Jimmy Rivera, 30-27 times two, and then 29-28. Tied one apiece. Women's flyweight. A draw. Yeah. We saw a point deduction. We did. Myra Bueno Silva got the, well, it was a majority draw. One ju- the one judge that had a winner. Picked, yeah, picked so. Myra, but... Against Montana De La Rosa, the other two scored a 28-28. Fun so, fight. That was a fun fight. It was a fun fight. And, you know, we we had predicted to be fight of the night. Maybe. Not quite what we're going to go with. But still, fight, I think, exceeded the majority of people's expectations. Right, right. We told y'all. Yep. Co-main event, Magomed Ankalaev. In a fight that we got correct, but not at all. Not at all how it played out. Like, like we got the winner right. Right. <laughs> Everything else was way off. Yeah. But he does get the unanimous decision win over Nikita Krylov, 29-28 on all three judges' scorecards. And then the main event, 
Didn't really see this in the way it played out. Yeah, that's two in a row. A pretty lackluster affair, all in all. For the uh, most Surreal gone gets unanimous decision win over Jarzinho Rosenstroik. Just bested him. You know? 50-45 on all three judges' scorecards. All cards. three clean. But before we get into that main card, you know we got to go with our prelim notables. Prelim so, notable. Dom, who was your prelim notable? Well, my prelim notable was the lone finish on the evening. <laughs> yeah. Nine fights last night, eight went the distance, but... Ronnie Lawrence, my yeah. friend. Got UFC the, debut. Yes, UFC debut. A contender series vet, yeah. of course. Only one loss on his record. He went off last he night. Did. Like eight or nine takedowns. Got the brutal TKO finish in the <coughs> third round. All out aggression. Man, he just all gas, no breaks last night. Very impressed with Ronnie Lawrence. No, I, I completely agree. I mean, Vince Cachero was no slouch either, right. and especially for that being Ronnie's first UFC fight. Yeah, that first round started real tight, but man, as the pacing just continued once through he three got, rounds. Once he, once he found his niche his oh. niche in the fight, he just fully exploited the weaknesses take of Cachero's down, take game. Down. Big takedowns, too. We're talking like Kurt Angle suplex yeah, style. He did down. get a big suplex in so, the third round. He and, was going off. And the fact that he still went for the finish. You exactly. Know, I, I, you know Dana's going to love that. He was that. never settling. Yeah. yeah, so I definitely agree with you there. And he got the lone performance bonus. Yeah, deservedly so. so yeah. Um, yeah, there wasn't a ton of takeaways from his prelims. You know, we only had four fights. Yeah. But there's, there was one there's other one. that I thought was notable, and that's going to be Tiago Moises getting the unanimous decision win over Alexander Hernandez. I had a feeling he'd come out and look good. You know, I... Hernandez, he's still got a bit of a prospect, you know, thing to him. I still think that he's got, you know, I, I still think he's got a ceiling that he hasn't met yet. Does that make sense? Like, he's still right. got a lot of potential. And Tiago Moises, a guy who I never really saw being much, you know, really flew under my radar, he's knocked off three straight wins here over opponents that I thought were all better than him. Yeah. He got the Achilles lock over Michael Johnson. That unanimous decision went over Bobby Green. And that was here, a fun fight. And that Bobby Green fight, very close. Man, Moises looked good. But here with Hernandez, Hernandez, man. You know, it was no doubt that he won this fight. And yeah, Hernandez was, like, upset with the decision at the end, and everybody was like, dude, come on. Yeah. and It was a great fight. It's just Tiago Moises completely going under my radar, but I like the way the UFC has kind of matchmaked him. Yeah, that was good match You know, you, you look at kind of his progression here. He's getting notable names. But guys that are one step above another, right? So you start with Michael Johnson, a big-time vet. Yeah. Got that experience, but someone who's not quite... On his way out. Yeah, he's not top 15 anymore or anything. Get a big one there. Follow that up. Bobby Green, another veteran, a guy who was rising. was on a tear, yeah. And you get a very close decision win there. Then you go with Alexander Hernandez, a guy who's kind of stagnated, but he's still like borderline top 15. I mean, his last fight, look how good he looked. Yeah, Hernandez had a really great fight. that he had. And then before that, he had a great fight with Drew Dober. I mean, he's fought Cowboy Cerrone. And then Moises bested him in three rounds. Very impressed with Tiago. So you got to think that... This guy might be knocking on the door of top 15 now. I was about to say the same thing. And, yeah. I mean, I don't know if we necessarily want to get into matchmaking, but uh, did you have a name in mind? Got to start looking. Uh, I mean, maybe they go one more, but I'm honestly not opposed to, like, I don't know. I guess we'll see because Gregor's got a fight coming up, number 15 in that division right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to see how that fight goes. But, man, he's knocking on the door. I was going to say Al, but I don't know if you saw on Twitter – 
Tiago wanted, uh, came up to Dana's like, come on, give me the bonus. I want to buy a new house. And so Ally Quinta, being the real estate agent, was <laughs> tweeting at him like how he's going to help him get a yeah. house and stuff. No, that's funny. So, you know, maybe we'll get a backyard brawl between those two. Yeah. I'm I, if I'm going to match make here, uh, the one that I'll go with, very close to San Diego Fajera. Mm-hmm. However, that might be a little bit too much yeah. right now. I'm going to go with the loser of, of Islam Makachev. Yeah, that, I like that. That's the fight that makes the most sense to me. And I see no reason to why Tiago's not ready for that. I mean, yeah. he's, he's passed every Go test watch he's been the performance Tiago had last night, and you'll see what we're talking about. Yeah, he's he looked, looked great. great. Um, and it was a pretty decent fight. It was a good all. fight. On a fight, on a night of pretty lackluster fights, that was one that stood out. Yeah. But we'll go ahead and get in the main card. Alex Caceres. The vet. Unanimous decision win over Kevin Kroon. Take it away. Hey, man. Caceres on a four-fight win streak right now, and he's been a true veteran of the game for so many years. Debuted in 2011, and he's still only like 31 or 32 years old. And he said last night, he said, man, I think it's about time I get a ranked opponent. So you know what, Alex? Let's give you a 14-0 Mosfar Ivalev. We'll give you a ranked opponent Ooh, right nice. now. Wow. You know, why not? If he's asking for it, granted, <laughs> he's paid his dues, been in the UFC for a long time, on a four-fight streak. Most of our, while still undefeated at 14-0, he's 4-0 in the UFC. Both, so technically, both on four-fight win streaks in the UFC. He's coming off a win against Nick Lentz. I think it's a fight that does make sense. And uh, Caceres is well-rounded to a certain extent, but last night I felt he could have finished the fight a couple times and kind of, I don't know, Swayed away from it. What What did you think about that fight with Kroom? Um, it was it definitely uh, Kroom was exhausted. He was. Caceres definitely he great takedown defense. Completely enforced his pace, and Kroom was just not really able to keep up. Yeah, and it showed in the later rounds, especially, especially. round three. Yeah, you know, two ten eights on the scorecard. Yeah, cards. so I mean, Caceres definitely looked good, but I think. The majority of people probably thought that would be the case. Yeah. Kroom was coming in on like a, wasn't it his UFC debut? He had the no contest against Roosevelt Roberts. He looked good in that fight, but it got overruled. Yeah. Um, All in all, though, you know, it's hard to take anything away from Caceres with a performance like that. This is a guy who's been put through the gauntlet in the UFC. I mean, he's, he's, they obviously have seen something in this guy from day one because they've constantly put him up against the toughest of tough opponents. I mean, it was his twenty fourth UFC he did, fight. He fought Uriah Faber back yeah. when he was very new into the UFC, yeah, I mean, and Uriah was at his peak at yeah, the time. He's fought Yair. He's fought Yair Rodriguez to a split decision. Yeah. A fight night he headlined with Yair. He's fought Jason Knight. He's fought Crone Gracie, a lot of those being well, losses, but yeah. now he's on a four-fight win streak. Well-spoken, respectful, true martial artist. I definitely don't blame you for – I don't think you're wrong to like say, all right, you want a top 15, here you go. And I could totally see the UFC doing that because they've done it before with him. I mean, yeah. But I'm not going to probably go there yet. One more. Step. All in all, like his wins over Steven Peterson, Chase Hooper, Austin Springer, Kevin Kroon, they all feel very – similar like there's not to me i'm not seeing a ton of like growth in his wins mm. they feel like he's basically beating the same level of opponent and and that's not maybe fair because some of these guys are probably better than the others but i'm just saying that i feel like you know the chase hooper win was probably the biggest one just because hooper name had value a lot especially of name value wise but he, he, hooper's just he exposed yeah. hooper's weaknesses he really did and 
I definitely think he's knocking on the door. I mean, four-fight win streak, and, you know, before that was fighting Chrome Gracie. Yeah, I mean, a guy that's been there before, you know. I, I definitely don't hate it. I just, I, I'm I'd all probably, for these career resurgences. I'd rather probably see him get one more, one more. before I talk top 15. But if you're gonna, if he wants it, I mean, that Movzar Evilev fight would be tough for him. But or do you even prefer him to face a guy like Edson, who's a veteran like him? I think, man, you know that's tough. That's to, a fun stand-up. It's fight. tough to for me to like pick one or the other. I feel like if he's asking for top fifteen. And I'm in my head. I don't really feel like he's quite earned it on this win streak. You probably give him Movzar even because he's more of a prospect. Movzar is the tougher fight. I mean, yeah. Edson's no, Edson's right. not a slouch. I'm right. just saying, the Movzar fight. You know, Caceres is at least somewhat of a notable name. If Movzar starches him, like I bet the majority of it would people be the would biggest name. Yeah. It would at least boost Movzar a little bit. But if Caceres wins, you beat like, one oh. of the biggest prospects, yeah. and all of a sudden you are top fifteen. Yeah. And now you're on that career resurgence. Right. So I don't hate either one, but I'm I would probably give him one more before okay. we get we go there. But you know I don't if especially if he's calling for it, you know why not? Why not? Moving on, calf kicks. Ow. Yep. Uh, Pedro Munoz getting that unanimous decision win over Jimmy Rivera. The official fight of the night and our pick. Yeah, it's for our fight pick of the night. for fight of the night. This fight totally out, outdone my expectations. Just when you thought their first one in 2015 couldn't get any better, we had last night. I really did not. Like, I was excited for this fight. I've been, we've been talking yeah. about it. I, this was the fight that I was upset being taken off 258. 258. Yeah. And then here, I was like, it was probably the fight I was the most excited for. And yet, I didn't have super high expectations. Not for at least what we saw. For, you know, I picked another fight to be fight of the night. I just thought maybe the styles wouldn't quite yeah. mesh for, like, a fight of the night. I was mostly excited for it because I like both these guys, the implications for the division. And it completely outdid it. Both guys kind of walked, came out of this looking good. Yeah, they did. But... The biggest takeaway, Pedro's calf kicks. I Woo. mean, calf kicks, once again, it seems hey, like everybody's... Uh, they're taking over. They are. Uh, after the stage they got put on with Poirier and McGregor. Yeah. Poirier's, Poirier's trying to patent that shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was funny when you were telling me about the commentary team. Yeah. talking about how they need to we're make We're going to have to make them illegal like a nut yeah. I mean, Jimmy's leg was done. It was bad. And Very bad. I will say I noticed that Jimmy wasn't quite able to switch stances. He just nope. He just ate it. Yeah. So I mean, shout out to him for just going for 15 minutes. Yeah, and I mean he looked good too. I mean, man, I, they were throwing leather. I had it 29-28. I didn't, I, didn't I didn't have it a sweep for Munoz, but I thought it was a very close fight at times. I just think that once those calf kicks were yeah, there was not Jimmy can do. Jimmy really he couldn't really get into any takedown attempts and he really couldn't put a ton into his punches so he, he had was, to hope to land he was definitely fighting you know more compromised than pedro yeah. was for but the he, most part pedro was pretty good defensively yeah that third round was wild too yeah. i mean those guys were slugging oh yeah and i loved every bit of it and a lot of people were calling to just do the trilogy immediately <laughs> i wouldn't hate it i mean shit it mm, well it's funny because you could even do like a Frankie and Pedro rematch. You could do the trilogy with these two guys. Mm-hmm. But you know what? Let's, let's bump Pedro up. All right, all right. Let's bump him up a little bit. Now, him and Marlon have faced in the past or no? I cannot remember. Uh, I don't believe I don't think they have fought. 
I don't think so. And prior to this fight, Pedro was coming off a loss. Marlon's now coming off a couple straight losses. Marlon's number six. I say you do Pedro, Marlon, Marais next. And uh, for Rivera, shit. I mean, maybe you could even do him and Frankie because Frankie's coming off of a loss. Maybe, just maybe, Jim Rivera fights the winner of Dominic Cruz, Casey Kenny, Noah. Hmm. I like that. I like that. Um, I like Munoz, Marais. It's a fun fight. I I can't believe they haven't fought. I definitely would be a little... I mean, considering how Marlon's chin hasn't held up. Yeah, Pedro's been Pedro, looking good. Pedro... Because I thought he beat Frankie. Throws with some force, man. Yeah, he does. Um, I wouldn't even mind seeing Munoz fight Edgar again. But right. I, I'm going to go Munoz Marais. I'm going to go Rivera-Edgar. Rivera-Edgar. Um, Frankie, best days behind him, but still a guy. It'd be a good fight, wouldn't it? It would be a good fight. And Frankie's always game, but Jimmy Rivera's not the stand-up level fighter of a guy like Corey Sanhagen. Yeah. So you might not necessarily have to... I mean, he'll, he'll throw with some power. You won't have to worry about a standing flying knee, though. No. <laughs> and that's why, like, I think that fight makes a lot of sense. You would probably see, you know, Frankie really try to force his will, you know, that pace. Jimmy look to slow things down, take it to the ground. I think that could make for a really fun fight. Yeah. All in all, though, awesome Great fight. fight. Fantastic fight. Moving on. The fight you previewed. Yeah. Women's flyweight. Myra Bueno Silva, Montana De La Rosa. What and were dare your thoughts? I say, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but the preview was almost spot on. <laughs> Except we had a draw. Yeah, <laughs> we did have a draw. Um, so point deduction. Yeah. That's the big takeaway here in round one. I thought it was deserved. Yeah, it was a clear. She grabbed the, um, Silva grabbed the fence that prevented a takedown. Yeah, see, it I'm, was not a, bad. I'm not a big fan of the ref in this fight, Jaron Vallel. Mm-hmm. He's, he's done, he's, he did have one fuck up actually in that. Lawrence Cachero fight where he let Cachero get it was a late <laughs> pounded stoppage. for about yeah. 30 seconds when it could have been stopped well before. But he's made a lot of mistakes in the past. Not my favorite ref. Yeah. But here, I thought that was Very great. good. Assertive. Came out and said, you're not going to do this anymore. Because yeah. she had grabbed it a little bit in yep, the first round, but did. th- it didn't prevent anything. She was just grabbing. Yeah. But this was a clear, like, yeah. she was going down. And the fence held her up. So he took the point immediately, and that played a factor the rest of the fight. Because... Montana was getting bested on the feet, mm-hmm. as I anticipated. Myra throws heavy. And in the clinch, ooh, the elbows, the knees, very good clinch work out of Silva. And on the other end, Montana was trying to get the takedown. She was trying to be the aggressor, press her up against the fence, hold control there. Um, I personally did score two rounds for Montana, though. I scored round one regardless, mm-hmm. which technically means it was a 10-8 because of the point deduction. And then I scored round two for Montana. And then I scored round three for Silva. So, you know, do what you will with the scorecards, but this was a great fight. They really showed their toughness here. A fight like this, though, where it ends in a draw, I don't want to say controversial, but just razor thin, do you almost just run a fight like this back? You could. What do you do? You could. I mean, Because I coming into this, me, the winner I, was going to get top 15 next. So I personally had Myra winning the fight. I had her winning round one and then round three, so 9-9. Nine, nine, mm-hmm. So I thought... The uh, draw was pretty earned yeah. here. However, I still the only I only felt bad about the draw because I thought Myra had done the most damage, but that's she definitely not, dealt more damage. So like w- when the fight was over, it felt like Myra had won. Yeah, and yet it was a draw. So it was like kind of weird. Like it's like on the scorecards, it's like yeah, it makes sense. It was a draw, but yet I still almost felt wrong that mm-hmm. Myra didn't get the win here. Right. 
Uh, regardless, both women showed a lot. I mean, Montana showing that ability to take those, you know, that damage and yeah. keep. And honestly, she looked great in the second round. Yeah. Um, first round could have went her way if things had went differently. I mean, I know the point got taken away regardless. Imagine how that takedown got landed, though. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I could see you running a fight like this back, especially because it was a good fight. Yeah, it was a good fight. Yeah. And since that was the case, maybe you run it back or maybe you let these women go their separate ways. Right. You know, I. I definitely don't have a name in mind for either one of them, considering there's just a lot left. Had up there the been air. a clear cut winner, I would have said Macy Barber next for either winner. Mm-hmm. But again, we didn't see it. See it. Maybe they go their separate ways, like Noah mentioned. Maybe they run it back. Uh, like you said, it was a good fight. It was competitive, and there were areas where they were besting each other. That's yeah. what it came down to. Yeah, it's just hard for me to really talk about where they go from here because again yeah. it wasn't a clear we only one. get so many draws yeah you know? it's, like in my opinion i still like look at it like myra if i'm gonna give someone top 15 it's myra because i thought she mm-hmm. looked better but montana didn't look bad either and that fight could have went either way both and, of them still young prospects too yeah. for this division so I, I think I, i'm totally not against running it back but you know not it's we'll, not necessarily a fight that people are probably going to be calling to be ran We'll back. see what happens. So it's yeah. kind of up to the UFC how they want to do it. Moving on. The big, the bigger boys. <laughs> the bigger boys. <laughs> Light heavyweight co-main event. Magomed Ankalaev with that unanimous decision win over Nikita Krylov. Fight. We predicted right. We yeah. both picked Ankalaev. Yeah. But you can't feel good about it because... Yeah, so this fight like, went nothing I, I, like how I thought it would. I picked him to win via decision, but not in the way that he did. Like I thought he was going to knock out Krylov. Yeah, I, I thought it was going to be a really high-paced, like, honestly, kind of like a dominating yeah. decision for Magomed, but it really wasn't dominating. I like, thought, even though I picked the second-round finish, I thought that Krylov would at least... I thought it was going to be a competitive fight. Nikita fought so well in the first round, and then... Just kind of trailed it off. It was all Magomed, yeah. and he grappled him the whole time. That and we was... said, like, oh, okay, if this fight's on the ground, Nikita's probably going to have the advantage. Yeah. Well, don't listen to us, <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. Magomed just held top control for round two and three the whole time, essentially. On the feet, it was pretty stale. Magomed got the better of the exchanges, but there were never any big moments in this fight. Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty, it was kind of a, this this fight was a lot like vanilla ice cream. Yeah, it was, it was a doll. It was fine. It, you know, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not opposed to, watch, <laughs> right. to having it, but rather have a little it's pretty unspectacular. You need some sprinkles. I want some sprinkles, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. some, some swirl. On yeah, top. yeah, yeah. You know, it's just that was kind of my my takeaway here was that it just it was pretty it was fine. You know, just again, not a ton to take away here. Yeah, it, it definitely. I will say the biggest takeaway, in my opinion was on Kalaev's grappling ability. Mm-hmm. Because we knew Krylov had that. I mean, he's got a ton of submission wins. Yeah. Ankalaev's never finished the fight via submission. But he was very comfortable on the ground. Yeah, so, I mean, to a certain extent, we did learn more yeah. about Magomed. I mean, I think it, it was show, just... It from what we've so used to seeing him fight like, it was different. It was maybe a bit disappointing, but at the same time, it showed me long-term, Ankalaev can, he's well he can go anywhere. He's got the tools, yeah. And if I'm placing him in a what his next fight's going to be. I have the same guy, no matter who would have won this bout. Interesting. So I'm going on Kalaev. He's going to bump up to about number eight. Vulcan Uzdemir, yeah. number seven. Yeah, that's what I was going to do. So Vulcan and Nikita Krylov were supposed to fight. Mm-hmm. And that fight fell through last year. So it would have made sense even if Nikita would have won. Uh, and that's just the next logical step would mm-hmm. be Vulcan Uzdemir. I think he presents challenges to both guys. 
I could see him coming out and really bringing it to Magomed, and he's not, you know, we've seen Magomed not afraid to get into a brawl. Yeah. As Kudalaba, so, True. you know, that could he could bring really bring out the best in him there. But what do you have for Krylov after the loss? So Krylov's fought a lot of these guys. Yeah, I mean, man. The first name was like Misha Serkinov, but they fought before. Uh, he's obviously fought Johnny Walker before. Then you got like Jimmy Crutes already booked. Um, I'm not sure about some of these guys after that, but I'm actually going to go Jamal Hill. Really? Yeah. You know, I like that. I'm a That's big, a good fight for I'm Jamal. I'm a big believer in Jamal Hill. Yeah. And yeah. even though he's ranked 15. and like, He's legit. Krylov, you know, when you have fought everybody and you're still kind of stuck in this bottom half of the Let's top give you 10, someone you haven't. You're someone you haven't fought yet. And if yeah. you get a win over him, then once again, you're back to looking ahead to maybe a top five. Yep. Yeah. It's, he's always going to be there. Krylov is so stagnant in yeah. this spot. He's always around this number eight. It's unfortunate. Um, he's good, man. He's really good. It's just he just hasn't quite been able to get over that hump, and it doesn't help that he doesn't necessarily have a lot of name value either. Yeah. And he's fought so many of these guys. That, Give him a fresh face. Yeah, I definitely think someone like Jamal Hill. I was even going to say Paul Craig. I was going to do Paul Craig. So, um, so But I, I'll, I'll go I'll Jamal check Hill. check the other box. Yeah, so. I'll go Paul Craig. Paul Craig, the submission specialist. Nikita been submitted a lot, but also submits a lot of people. Yeah. I think we'd have a fun grappling match between those two. I agree. And sometimes when you get two grapplers, they may just stand and bang the yeah. whole time. And so. It makes sense for both those guys because they're coming off wins. Really I, big Ryan Span coming off that loss to Johnny Walker wouldn't quite put him up there. But right. Yeah, Craig. Uh, and you know, since Craig is the one guy who's beaten on Kaliyev, right? It almost makes sense. Like, okay, well, Craig is still stuck. And that is him. another fresh face that he hadn't faced. Yeah, so. so I mean, it would make sense to kind of place him a little higher now right. because he he is the guy that beat on Kaliyev. Yeah. But via literal last second submission, <laughs> yeah. by the way, that's crazy. Moving on to our the the biggie the biggie boys. The big e boys. <laughs> yes, surreal gone. Yeah, it's gone. He's really good. Last fight, it was Ghana. Last fight, it was Ghana. So we came into this week saying Ghana. Mm-hmm. Well, then last night they said gone the whole time. So it's gone. Now. It's now gone. Even though that's what we were saying. The first before. originally, and then they switched our minds. And now they switched it back. They don't like us. <laughs> Who is they? I don't, I don't know. Everybody. Surreal gone. Surreal gone is very good. At he's fighting. very he's very good at fighting, <laughs> and he showed that what they. Just sweep of the cards against Jarzinho Rosenstrike. So, so we're just going to clear the air. We're not going to take slander on Gon's name. Mm. It was more so he stalled, or not stalled. He didn't stall. He shut down any offense that Rosenstroke could have offered. Therefore, making it stale on Rosenstroke's end. Is that a, what's the best way to put this here for the people listening? Especially if they didn't see the fight. So it was a pretty lackluster fight. It was lackluster across the board, yes. Both ends. Um, Dana had some choice words for Surreal Gon's performance afterwards. Basically, comparing it to Nganu's fight with Rosenstrike, which I wasn't he, big on. He was comparing it to because Nganu knocked out Rosenstrike yeah. in 20 seconds. Yeah. Gon went five rounds, kind of just played with him, it felt like. But uh, MMA math doesn't work that way. No, no, it doesn't. And I, I don't think anybody should put those expectations on Gon. I mean, Gon does not quite have the power of Nganu. Yeah. Nobody well, does. nobody does. Not even a car. Yeah, so. <laughs> Ford F-150. <laughs> um, however, my thoughts here was that I, while it answered that Gon can hang with the top five. And, and he's so well-rounded. And he's very well-rounded. And I mean, he won this fight the way 
Like, the way he fought was how I thought he would fight. I definitely thought there would be a finish. Right. That's a good way to word it. To me, that's going to be... My bigger takeaway was... There's a lot of holes in Rosenstreich's game. Yeah. Um, The comparison I kept seeing on Twitter, kind of, you know, jokingly, but it still made a lot of sense, was the Tyron Woodley's latest... Little skid. ...performances, where he kind of just waits for the right hand... And then it never comes, so he just doesn't really throw any strikes for five rounds. And that's what Rosenstreich did. He really just, he didn't have an answer. He just didn't have an answer for Gon. And if I'm being honest, like, not that what Gon was doing wasn't great and that he looked good. He managed the distance. However, it was very basic stuff. It's not like Gon was, like, this puzzle. I mean, Rosenstreich could have engaged if he wanted to. Gon knew how to manage his length, the range. He did, but I still think that, like, there's a lot that I still want to see. I still want to see Gon be tested a little more. I mean, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. While he passed, I mean, Rosenstreich, top five heavyweight. Jarzinho just really didn't show up. He didn't offer any challenges, no, really. really, not at know? all. Hardly threw any strikes. And when he did, I mean, he might have landed once or twice. But Because I said this before he hit record. Or maybe I even said it at the beginning. But I'm going to say it again regardless. Had Rosenstroik even been a tad bit more aggressive, this fight would have been a great five-round fight. But there was just no, there was no sense of urgency either. Knowing he was down on the cards, still nothing in that, nothing in there to go for the finish. It, it felt like that he was, was scared of, of being knocked out, and therefore was just fine with kind of playing, just sitting there throwing feints for five rounds yeah. and losing a decision. Like, I don't know. It's definitely disappointing. Um, considering that this whole month has been kind of this freshness for the heavyweight division. Yeah, man, lots of movement. And then yet, you kind of ended on a bit of a whimper here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want to act like it's all bad. I still think that Gon showed... Yeah, we're trying not to take anything away from Gon, the winner, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to... It's not really his fault, but... He, he did, did what he had there, to do. There was really nothing here that told, that like necessarily... Like, yeah, he won. Because so that tells me he he can fight top five heavyweights and hang with them. Yeah, and we still are big believers in him as a title holder, and a yeah. title challenger. Yet this fight itself didn't like more was answered to me when he fought JDS than right. this fight. Yeah, yeah, even though JDS is not what Rosenstroik is, it's just I don't know. It's it's to me like it just felt like Rosenstroik could have engaged a lot more than he did. Right, and I get it. You kind of credit some of that to Gon, but at the same time, I think it's. More of a discredit to just Rosen. It may be just a difference in skill right now, you know. I mean, I definitely think as a well-rounded martial artist, I, I'm just kind of at a loss at how to even evaluate this. Like, I, I really don't feel like a lot was answered about Gon. I don't, and that's not on him because he won the fight. He only he, got to show us so much. He fought his fight. He he fought based on how Rosenstrick was very tentative. Right. He kind of just he based did his what he fight had to do to yeah, win. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't overextend. He didn't get frustrated at the lack of action and start pressuring. Right. I mean, he just fought his fight. I don't think Dana should discredit that, but I get it. It was a bo- bit of a boring main event, so you're kind of upset about that. But I don't. I don't think he should be upset at the winner. <laughs> right. But moving on to kind of the you know what's next for these guys. Um, I have a hard time kind of placing these two. I mean, I think Rosenstrike's the easier one for me. Really? Because I'm going to put him with Blades. 
It's a good fight. Rising Strike with Blades um, makes a lot of sense. That gives Blades an opportunity to bounce back against another power puncher. Rising Strike, not necessarily going to be out boxed by Blades, out, out, out uh, struck by Blades, but he's going to have to be a little more active to stop those takedowns. And Blades did look good in the first round against Derek Lewis. So, On the feet, too. Yeah, so I'm just saying that that could be a great fight. And it's two guys who are kind of stuck in this, like, top five. Especially now. Yeah, purgatory almost. They're in the mud. For Gone, he's going to be inserted in the top five here. He doesn't have a ton of options moving forward because it's really, there's like two. So, I mean, I guess you do go Derek Lewis. You got to go Derek Lewis. Yeah, And not that that's not a great fight and a fight I'd be excited for, but I don't know. It's And it's the number one contender fight after John Jones. Yeah. I mean that's at the end of the day that's 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 the fight. That's why it's just like uh like you know especially if, if you want Gone to be tested again by <laughs> someone that's dangerous on the feet like who's more dangerous than Derek Lewis? Yeah, he, Statistically speaking, uh, no one because yeah. he's tied for first all well, time in knockouts. Yeah. And Gone the only guy as dangerous but, as him is Vitor Belfort. So. Yeah, exactly, and he's retired in a middleweight. So <laughs> yeah, um, Gone now. Okay, well, I'm gonna give my thoughts for Rosenstrike first, but I want to come back to Gone and Lewis. But real yeah. quick. So Rosenstreich, um, uh, you said he fights Blades, right? I don't hate that. Uh, I don't hate that decision at all. I think that would be a fun fight. You got, you know, if you keep looking back, he beat Overeem already. Overeem's coming off of a loss. You don't really want to do that again. But then you look at the Shamil and the Augustis, the Chris Dawkuses. It's like, okay, that might be a little too harsh. Yeah. So uh, I think that makes sense. They're both coming off losses. Both top guys, and I don't think you feed him to Volkov, being that Volkov's coming off two straight wins. Uh, I, so I'll go Blades uh, with Rosenstroke there. That makes sense. Guys that haven't fought each other, we're big on this division. Yeah. We want new matchups. Lewis and Gon, mm-hmm. initial way too early thoughts. What do you see in that fight? Based off of some of the fights, like if you look at a fight like Derek Lewis and Nganu, where they just stalled. Well, well we I, see that again. I'm, I'm kind of, I would be kind of nervous that we would get a similar fight that we yeah. got here with Rosenstroke. Not because I don't, not that Derek Lewis has ever shown to be scared to, like, tentative or, I mean, he has. But he'll do. <laughs> but, like, like, here's how I could see this fight going. I see it a lot like his fight with Volkov minus the highlight reel finish for Lewis. So Gane would, or Gane would come I, I could totally see Gane just kind of. Point, controlling point fighting his way to a victory and i kind of don't want that for gone i kind of want to see a, a, a bigger test which is why part of me was very close to saying if nganu loses to stipe you do those two mm. that would be talk about a guy who's going to come at you oh yeah he's going to sprint at you and you know we would see how and not that gone's chin will be tested against Derek lewis but if Ngannou's coming at you like he did against Rosenstroik, I'd be very interested to see how yeah. Gon kind of would is, react. Tries to keep that distance and whatnot. That's what he's known to do. Um, but the way I see this whole heavyweight division going, we got our title fight set at the end of March. Stipe and Ganu too. The winner of that is going to fight John Jones. Winner of Lewis the winner and of, Gon. Hold on. Oh, sorry. The winner of that fight, I think the winner of Lewis and Gon would be either John Jones' first title defense or... And Ganu slash Stipe's title defense yeah. after that, depending by the end of the year. So I really think that the winner of Lewis Gone will be in a title fight by the end of 2021. 100%. Yeah, I agree. It's very early to say that, but 
that shows how high we are on him. It's just I'm a little concerned that Gon might, if he takes this Lewis fight and it's very similar, I don't want to start seeing him get this reputation. Because look what we've seen before this. <laughs> yeah. Six of his seven wins prior were and all he was submissions, submission, knockouts. knockouts, exactly. Yeah, very well rounded. I just don't want to see him get this reputation of being like a just a point fighter. Because he is a great fighter. Yeah, I you mean, know? He, he fought a smart fight with Rosenstrike. Rosenstrike was the one that lacked the IQ to really evolve and fight. Mm-hmm. And maybe we'll see Gon come out and just kind of want to put on a show next time, and hopefully he do- that doesn't alter, falter, whatever the word I'm looking for, yeah. falter his performance. Because we still want to see him fight. So technically, and as good as we know he is, but with a finish on top, it just adds a little extra sprinkle. You know? Yeah. So. No, I, I agree. And it would hopefully I he doesn't feel pressured by fans and media and, to just go and out I, and, act and like I would it. be worried if he gets another lackluster performance. Is Dana even gonna want to win a title fight? Yeah. He might go. Oh well, if Izzy beats Jan, all of a sudden we'll Izzy might go up yeah. the heavyweight. So here, gone just fighting Ganu or something. Yeah, like it's just you. You, you know that that's. Dana has done that before. Yeah, yeah. So it's not above them to do that. Yeah. So I'm just, I was, I was very excited for this fight for Gon if he won, and now that he's won, I'm just kind of left a little. Just hoping for the best with what's next. Yeah, but I'm part of me in the back of my head's like, ooh, this is a mm. risky road ahead, that he might get placed into some box that I just don't think is deserved. For right, him. right, right. Regardless. Those are our takeaways, our recap of hashtag UFC Vegas 20. That's Overall, end. never going to complain about having a night of fights, even if they weren't all that great. Yeah. Right? And now, ladies and gentlemen, the we're in March. We're <laughs> yeah. in March. You're listening to this. It's March 1st. And we uh, start with a bang. I'm not ready for March. I've said it for yeah. a long time now, and now it's here. So, Friday, um, we are previewing 18 fights. UFC 259. <laughs> And I'm going to tell you every fight we're going to preview. Okay. Yeah, say it, because I need to know my notes. <laughs> because I think we're going to preview nine fights. Come again? A record. Nine fights. Nine fights. Bring your popcorn. Let's start at the top. Our main event at light heavyweight. Jan Blahovich in his first title defense. Against the middleweight. Against the middleweight <laughs> champion, Israel Adesanya, who's going for his second belt. That fight's huge. Yeah. Co-main event, women's featherweight a fight that's been booked a few times and we're finally getting to see it the goat fine the lioness whatever oh, she's the goat minus 1450 betting odds for those that oh, are better ridiculous out there. megan anderson a plus 800 underdog <laughs> but, we're not a betting podcast but that's a lot <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot amanda nunez defending against megan anderson featherweight another title fight Bantamweight. No, excuse me. I was <laughs> Featherweight's the, at 27. I was reading but... the women's featherweight thing again. <laughs> Bantamweight. Pewter Jan. This is, his, this is the fight I'm probably yes, the most excited for. I agree for. with you. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Pewter Jan in his first defense of his Bantamweight title, going up against the number finally, one contender. Finally. The utmost number one contender in that division, Aljamain Sterling. Oh, my. Oh. That fight is oh. it's so exciting. Oh. Then at lightweight. Yeah, that's just the title fights. This fight, this fight here, low key banger as well. Oh yeah, Islam Makachev. Next up, the guy that Habib and Co have touted as the the next of his of his loins, mm. <laughs> as as I'm gonna word it. He's yeah. looked at as the next Habib. Yeah, gets a big test with Drew Dober. That's your guy. That's my boy. We saw him live. We saw him live back in the day. I remember when he won that fight in a highlight reel finish. 
I went, I like that guy. And here we are. And he's had his licks. He's he's taken some L's along the way, but now he's a, kind of found his stride right in that top 15 discussion. Yeah, a tough one. But a huge test for him there. That's that's going to be a tough fight, but I'm so excited for that. I'm going to be War Dober all the way. Sorry, Islam. I like you too, but and Dober uh, my boy. Noah. Okay, another one of my boys. So this is to start the night <laughs> on start, pay-per-view. To start the night on pay-per-view. This is stupid. Light heavyweight. I'm... Well, Tiago Santos, another one of my boys, bro, going up against this Alex, card is stupid. Alexander Rakich. Fun fact: both these guys in their last fight were headlining fight nights. Yeah, now they're the first. Now fight they're the opening the pay per view. That's not a knock on them. That's just how good this pay per view is, and that fight is. That's. Is there a fight on the main card that's not potential banger? They're all potential fight of the nights. There's not a bad card on there. Oh, and by what? the way. There's prelims. A, oh, yeah. By the way, that's only five. So we got four more we're previewing. Yeah, uh, former champion. Our right? headliner for the prelims, Dominic Cruz. Best band of all time. Dominic Cruz going up against Casey Kenny. The prelims. The weirdest fight announcement I've ever heard in my life. Prelims. Dominic Cruz's last fight. Was a title fight main event. With Henry Cerdo. co-main event. Yeah, co-main. Yeah. Um, next? <laughs> Bantamweight as well. Mm. Song Yadong. Oh, one of the you want to talk about another banger. One of the biggest prospects the UFC has going up against Kyler Phillips. Oh my! How many fight of the nights are there going to be? <laughs> They're going to award like four of them. <laughs> and then flyweights. Hey, number one contender fight on the prelims. Why not? <laughs> Joey B. Joey B. Number two in the world. Joseph Benavidez against Askar Squared. Yeah, uh, Askar Askarov. Number three in the world, undefeated, never lost. Yep, and he's deaf. He and he's doing that. Yeah, he's deaf. Wow. And he does. I mean, he's like Matt Hamill, and he's doing that. Amazing. Yeah, isn't it? Prelims. And also at flyweight because this one means something to us. Damn it. Yeah. We love the flyweight. We stand. Rogerio Bonturin, Kai Kara France. Kai Kara France just main, main carded on two fifty four with an amazing fight. It was the third fight on the card. Yeah. Now he's the first fight of the main prelims. <laughs> There's other fights on here, but we could do... What's the early, early prelims? Who's on there? I mean, dude, we got Tim Elliott, Jordan Espinosa. <laughs> are you serious? Yeah. Like, Those are top 15 flyweights. Sean Brady, Jake Matthews, the Boston Kid. Oh, yeah. Livia, Renata Souza, Amanda Lemos. I mean, these are... This card? Oh, Trevin Jones is fighting Mario Bautista. It's... Oh, my. Yeah, I mean, come on. Oh, my. Oh, my God. We're doing nine fights? We're doing nine fights. Ladies and gentlemen... Our loyal listeners, tune in on Friday. You're not going to want to miss it. You're going to want to cozy on up in yeah, your chair, yeah, yeah. grab a beer, have a good dinner. Mm-hmm. If you listen to us in the morning, don't drink a beer. Well, if you want a beer in the morning, you can have a beer. Get you a nice egg and bacon. <laughs> I don't know. We're not ready. What kind of, if you can't tell. What kind of breakfast do you eat? <laughs> a beer not... with an egg? <laughs> one egg, sausage. one bacon. Wait, bacon? Bacon. Oh, bacon. More, strip, of a, more, strip. more of a sausage guy, but okay. You know, they can leave a voice message and let us know what they like for <laughs> breakfast. Well, I sure hope it's a little better than yours. Cause... <laughs> one egg, one bacon. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, Friday's going to be a banger. That's what oh, we're trying to absolutely. get Absolutely. Yeah. Because we're not mentally, physically, spiritually, any type of emotion any, any type ready of for this. No, any type of illy ready for this. <laughs> yeah. The month of March. Okay, I'm done. And then Monday we're going to recap all that. Yeah, we do have to recap that. Too. yeah, yeah. No Wednesday this week. 
Rightfully yeah. so. Uh, we we need we, we need have twenty six fights to preview. Yeah, right. so we got to do our homework. But until then, oh, we have to outro still. Dominic's lead. <laughs> Tell the good people where they can find you on social media. Twitter, Instagram at Diesely fourteen. Podcast on Twitter, Instagram at b a j underscore m m a podcast. You don't want to miss it. As for me, if you go to my bio on Twitter or Instagram at ntbaker underscore, you'll be taken to our link tree, which gives you the links to all the platforms that the podcast is on, along with the social media platforms. That includes the Twitter, the Instagram, the YouTube channel, and Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. It's all on there, baby. And there's a couple links for the Anchor page. First, leaving a voice message. You have 60 seconds if you want to leave a thought about an upcoming fight, a news story. If you just want to say hi or call us a piece of shit, do it there. There's also a link if you want to become a supporter of the podcast. That just provides us with a few dollars a month and all that money goes back into improving the quality of the podcast. Whether it be audio equipment or down the line doing a video podcast. So again, you can find all of that if you go to my bio on Twitter or Instagram at nt baker underscore but with that we're out we'll see y'all on a friday